I'm going to read this one verse from Mark chapter 1, verse 35. This is our text for today. Can we stand to our feet as we read? I know you just sat down, but as we read the word of God this morning, can we just stand? Let's read this. Mark 1, 35, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark. Some of y'all are like, you already lost me. Very early in the morning when it was still dark. Like, I don't even, I don't even comprehend what you just said. Now, if you would have said like, Midday around 1.30, like I would have got that. No, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. The title of my talk today, if you will, is Clearing Out the Clutter. Somebody say clutter. We got too much clutter in our lives. God, let's, let's pray. God, we thank you so much for bringing us here today, God. We just thank you that over the next few minutes, God, that you would speak to us where we're at. And no matter what we're facing, no matter what we're dealing with, God, that you would renew our hearts, that you would give us strength, that you would give us joy, that you would give us peace and hope, Father God. We just thank you for what you're going to do today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 You may be seated. Why don't you high five your neighbor as you're taking a seat? Like, uh, like Mikado said, we are people, people. People are our heart. And you're going to find that here at Skybreak Church. A couple of times a year, and, and maybe you can relate to this, I come home to my house, my, my fortress of solitude, if you will. I come home to find all my stuff just, just thrown about. Like someone, like someone broke into my, some of you know where I'm going with this. Someone broke into my house, didn't steal anything, instead opened up every single drawer, took every article of clothing, every shoe, every hat, every item I own, and placed it in little categorized piles all over the floor. Anybody ever experienced this? It's like the craziest thing that's ever happened. So I walk in, and I'm the type of person that I hold on to things way longer than any reasonable human being should hold on to something. Can anyone agree? Can any, like, like, I, we can get coffee, man. We, we're, we're, we're the same person. Until recently, I've had, this is not a joke, I've had paint-stained, grass-stained shorts that I have had since I was in the eighth grade. I am 32. <laughs> it was long overdue. I've had the same pair of Crocs. I can take you to them right now and slip them on. They're the most comfortable things in the world. I've had the same pair of blue Crocs since I was 13 years old old. This is not a joke. I wish I was making this up. This is a true story. And it gets so bad, our clutter, that sometimes we run out of drawers in our room. We run out of hangers in our closet. And if you run out of hangers and your first thought is, we need more hangers, instead of, I need to get rid of some stuff, something is fundamentally wrong with you. I say that because I are one. Like, man, we need some more hangers. I just get attached to things. So I came home, I came home last week. Y'all know, know what these are? This is a messenger from Satan, the, the tormentor sent. Now, this is an organizational basket, I guess. Um, my, my wife's freaking out right now. She's like, I just put everything in those baskets. Where did that come from? It's our candy basket. It's the one that had the, had the candy in it. Candy's still there, though. Candy's still there. But I came home last week, and 
These baskets were all around the house, scattered as far as the eyes can see. It was really, it was, it was a sight to behold. It was like the basket factory had went out of business and we bought every single basket remaining in America. And, and a fun fact for you, I now own majority shares in Dollar Tree because we bought so many baskets the other day that they just gave me the company. They're like, here you go, no one buys more. So I come home and my stuff is everywhere and there's these baskets scattered around and I got stuff in, in little piles and, and stuff is just, it's just everywhere. And my wife, Rael, she'll say something like this. Put what you wanna keep in this pile. Put what you wanna throw out in this one. Anybody ever heard or had a conversation kinda of like this? And like I said, I'm attached to things. So I'm like, I want that, 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 and I still want that. I still wear that. I want, anybody can relate to this? And y'all know dang well, it takes multiple times of whittling and whittling and whittling. It's gotten so bad that sometimes I just come home and like three years later, I'll notice a shirt that wasn't there. I'm like, have you seen my teal workout shirt? She's like, babe, I threw that out like two years ago. But that's just how I am. And uh, ultimately, once we get through the piles, I'm, I'm left with, pretty much the clothes on my back. What you see right now, this is the things I own. This is what I'm wearing. Everything I own is on me right now. But every now and again, we have to clear out the clutter. And ultimately, I'm grateful. When it's said and done, I'm grateful because now it's easier to find stuff. And uh, it's, it's crazy. I actually now have an abundance of spare hangers, which means I guess I gotta get more stuff, right? But how many times... This is my question. How many times do we treat our souls like a drunk drawer? We let so much build up that before long our souls are so full of junk that we don't know how to clean it. We don't know which way is up, which way is down. We don't know how we got to where we got. We're carrying baggage and we're carrying weight and we're carrying shame and we're carrying stress and anxiety and all these things. And there's so much clutter in our lives and we wonder why depression and suicide has exponentially increased over the past 10 years. You see, there's so much information coming at you from all different directions, good and bad. But as a culture, we've replaced the truth with your truth. We've traded God's word for man's word. We've replaced fact with feelings. And we get so busy with work. Am I talking to anybody today? We get so busy with work, we charge through life headstrong and we can't even sit and enjoy a moment anymore without checking our emails or getting on social media to see what so-and-so is doing. What are they doing in that other country? What are they doing on vacation? We've been all but forgotten how to quiet our souls. And can I just propose today as we kick off 2022, can we just hit the reset button in 2022? Come on. Come on, can we get our spiritual baskets and our trash cans and look at our life and ask, is it worth keeping? Put it in the basket. Do I need to get rid of it? Put it in the trash. Who better to look to than our Savior, Jesus Christ? Mark 135, very early in the morning. Some of the, that sentence tires some of y'all out. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Here's the first point. We were created to reflect on the goodness of God. We were created to reflect 
on God's goodness. You see, before this verse, Jesus had been healing people. He'd been, uh, he healed a woman of fever. He was casting out demons. The Bible says he cured various diseases. Jesus was doing his Jesus thing, walking through the streets like, boom, here's some eyesight. Boom, there you go, your demons. Boom, fever gone. If anyone deserved to hit the snooze button, it's Jesus. But here's what's cool about Jesus, and here's what's cool about this story in this scripture, is that he made less time for sleep and more time for prayer. Did you hear what I just said? He made less time for sleep and more time for prayer. Some of us need to make less time for what's easy and what's comfortable and more time for purpose. Less time on what's convenient and more time on what's sacrificial. You are more concerned about your selfie than you are your soul. You are more concerned about your filter than you are your faith. What are you putting in your basket? You see, for Jesus, fellowship with God was something more than just the Sabbath. You see, our relationship with God should go way past Sunday mornings. Are you hearing me? You want to start clearing out the clutter in your soul? Start reflecting on the goodness of God. Take time before you start your day to reflect on how good God has been to you. Maybe you're here this morning and, and if you're honest, 2021 was rough. And maybe you lost people or maybe you're dealing with something in your own soul, your own spirit. But can I encourage you this morning? I'm going to. Just because bad things happen does not mean that God isn't good. And just because God is good doesn't mean bad things won't happen. The Bible says it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. Jesus said, in this world, guess what? You will have trouble. But then he said, take heart because I have overcome the world. You've got breath in your lungs. You've got life in your body. You've got a roof over your head. You've got food to eat. There is always something to be thankful for. Always. You want to get rid of depression real fast? You want to get rid of despair? Start praising God for the things you have in your life because there is no room in a grateful heart for anxiety. There is no room in a grateful heart for depression. I'm not making light of your situation. Depression is real. We've talked about it over the past few weeks, but sometimes we just have to clear out the clutter. But why? Why in the morning? You say, I'm not a morning person. And here's what I believe, because it's the first part of your day. Why do you go to church on Sunday? It's the first part of your week. Why do you, why do you tithe? Why do you bring the first 10%? Because it's the first fruits. Now, I believe that you can pray on any day of the week and worship God at any time, but there's something to be said about sacrificing sleep. There's something to be said about sacrificing what's comfortable to spend time with your creator. In fact, Matthew chapter six, verse 33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. You see, we spend so much time chasing all these things and then if there's time left over, maybe I'll spend some time with God. And here's what's cool. Jesus didn't need to pray because he was weak. He, he prayed because he was strong. And the source of his strength 
was his relationship with God the Father. You see, Jesus knew that pressure and busyness should drive us towards prayer and not away from it. And here's my second point. We were created for solitude with our creator. We were created for solitude with our creator. I want us to ponder this question. And, and as I'm writing this message and as I'm studying, I'm struggling with it because I'm a doer. I like to do things. If I sit still for too long, it, I get, it drives me crazy. But could our busy lives be crowding out the will of God in our life? Think about that question. Could our busy lives crowd out the will of God in our life? You see, we, we run at such a fast pace and we're so plugged into our phones and we're so plugged into our television and to our computers. And I thank God for technology. And I believe that working hard is important. In fact, I believe it's biblical. Uh, the proverb says, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. So we're supposed to work hard. We're supposed to put in effort, but we are so consumed by the demands of life that we lose track of what's important. How good is it to have it all but be a stranger to your kids? The Bible puts it this way. What profit is it, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul, his mind, his will, his emotions? You're driving yourself crazy. You're running yourself into the ground. Why? Mark 1.35 again, Jesus got up. He left the house and he went to a solitary place. Say that word, solitary. He went to a solitary place. Jesus knew the importance of solitary time with God. And while I believe it's, it's good and it's important for us to join together in the presence of God, the Bible says don't forsake the assembling together. We, we need each other. But there's so much more in our Christian life that can only be learned and experienced in a solitary place with God. Jesus went to be alone to pray. Jesus wanted to be alone so he could pour out his heart to his father. When is the last time? And I'm asking myself this question as well. I'm not, we're not just up here. When we preach these messages, we're not just preaching at you. We're preaching with you, if that makes sense. When is the last time that you set some time aside and just poured your heart out to God? Just told him what you were struggling with told him the, the doubts that you were having, put the stuff that you're dealing with at the foot of the cross, because here's the thing. We all need to do this. No matter how good you may think your life is, there will come a time where your faith is gonna be tested because faith that isn't tested isn't faith at all. So can we just be honest? Life is, is hard. And if it's not hard, this message isn't for you, but I'm talking to the people who have struggled, to the people who have hurt, to the people who last year maybe was the roughest year of their life, and they're just trying to make it through. And you want to believe God for a better year? <laughs> maybe we've got some things that we need to change. We get so busy that we forsake time alone with God. And I heard this quote the other day, and it made me really think, if I could have the team go ahead and join me. Where is the life that we lost in living? We get so consumed. And I'll be the first to tell you, I, I'm, I can put my head down and I can work and I can get things done. But there's been times in my life where I do that 
And at the end of my week, I'm wondering why I'm so spiritually drained. Why am I, why am I snappy with my wife? Why am, I, why am I getting angry at the person in traffic? Why am I feeling frustrated? It's because I didn't take time that week to spend time with Jesus. And I said, I said at the beginning of the service, I know this may feel like a rudiment, uh, rudimentary, elementary, whatever type of message, but it's fundamental to who we are. This is why time spent with God is not optional for the believer. In the same way, if I want a successful relationship with my wife, spending time with her isn't an option. Yet when it comes to the most important relationship that we have with God, we put him in a corner and only bring him out when we need something. This is why I'm, I am such a huge fan of the outdoors. For those of you who know me, I love spending time outside. It's what I love to do. There's an old country song that says, if you can't find me, you know where I'll be. I'll be in the middle of nowhere. That's where I'll be. But there's something about the solitude and this, this time of, of, of reflection that brings out something in me. This past week, in fact, I was uh, in Missouri with my brother who's here. And we were some, spending some time in the woods, and it's, just like, it's like my happy place, y'all, just being in the woods, disconnected. And as I'm sitting there, the sun's coming up behind me, and if I could paint this picture, there's a ridge coming down like this, and the ridge coming down, and I'm kind of in this valley, and there's this beautiful creek running beside me, and the sun starts to come up behind me, and I just start crying. Because I look around and I'm like, God, you created this for me. I look around and I see the trees and I see the water and I, I see the sun coming up and I see the goodness of God just, just painted before me. His works on display and I can't help but think of all the blessings in my life. Y'all, I don't deserve to be standing here on this stage, but God has been so good to me. He's blessed my life so much. He's given me a wife. He's given me family who loves me. He's given me so much. And getting alone with God and spending time with just him puts everything in my life in perspective because here's the truth of the matter. Everything I have is his. Every breath is borrowed. Every heartbeat belongs to him. Everything I have, all the blessings in my life come from him. I would have nothing. He doesn't owe me anything, but he blesses me anyway. And it doesn't have to be in the woods. It doesn't have to be outdoors. It could be on your back porch. It could be in the office. The important thing is getting alone and spending time with your creator because here's the reality of it. Yes, it's a spiritual discipline. We have to discipline ourselves to do this sometimes. But God the Father loves you so much that he just wants to spend some time with you. It's not about checking it off of a list. If I'm honest, sometimes it feels like it. But I have never once regretted waking up and spending time with my creator. I have regretted not doing it. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, secret prayer is the secret of prayer, the soul of prayer, the seal of prayer, the strength of prayer. This is powerful. If you do not pray alone, you do not pray at all. 
I care not whether you pray in the street or in the church or in the barrack room or in the cathedral, but your heart must speak with God in secret or you have not prayed. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just spiritually dry. When I reflect on my life and the moments where I felt the, the driest and the weakest, it's, it's usually, it usually stems from I haven't been spending time with God. He's jealous for me. He wants my attention. He wants my affection. He wants my love. And in those moments of the desert, in those moments of dry, and I realize that I haven't been spending time with God. When I realize that, I have a choice to make. Do I keep like pushing and pushing and working hard and trying to do it on my own strength? Or do I rely on him? Do I spend time with him? You see, we don't know exactly what, what Jesus prayed for. But as much as anything, I, believe, I bet that, that Jesus used that time of prayer for close, intimate communion with his father that he longed for because it nourished, nourished him and it, and it strengthened him. He probably prayed for himself. He probably prayed for his disciples. He probably prayed for the people that he met that day and ministered to the previous night. He probably prayed for the people he was gonna minister to that day, but here's the point. He was intentional. We were created to live intentional lives. You want to clear the clutter? Be intentional. Wake up intentionally. Love your kids intentionally. Love your church intentionally. Love your spouse intentionally. Open your Bible intentionally. Pray intentionally. Turn off the news intentionally. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. Some of y'all look like y'all are just walking in darkness. You're banging into walls. You're bumping into closets and you're trying to figure out what in the world is happening. But sometimes you just gotta turn on the light. And the Bible is the most important tool we have as a believer. Some of us have so much anxiety and so much stress in our heart and it's cluttering in our heart. And we've got to start filling our basket, our heart, our souls with the word of God because here's, here's the point. It's not enough just to remove some of, the, some of the clutter in your life. It's not enough to remove an addiction because another addiction may find its place. It's not enough just to remove something because something else that shouldn't might find its place. When you remove stuff from your life, you have to fill it back with the word of God. It's not enough just to empty your basket. You got to put the right things in your basket. And Jesus knew what he was put on this earth to do. He was here to heal. He was here to restore. He was here 
to bring life. He was here to give his life as a sacrifice on the cross so that we could have salvation. But in order to do all that, what he was put on this earth to do, Jesus had to get alone with God. What makes us so arrogant that we can think we can do this life without the power of the Holy Spirit? You see, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Psalms 46, 10, he said, be still, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. You see, we've got to connect to the source. Some of y'all can't, if, if your phone is at 30%, you got to find a charger like right now. But when it comes to our soul, we say we stay so disconnected from the source that we're running on empty. We got that 1%. I may have told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. One time I was in the woods. That's where I like to be. And uh, I pulled out my phone because it had my, you know, my navigation on it. And I needed to figure out where I was. And when I pulled out my phone, it was on 1%. And I'm in the middle of the woods. And uh, so I pull it up real quick, try to open up the maps, and my phone dies. And I took a breath, and obviously I made it out. Here I am. But my point is, my phone wasn't connected to the source, so I didn't know where I was going. And maybe as a joke or being helpful, one of my friends actually bought me, it's called an anchor, it's a portable charger. So I now take it with me into the woods. And this happened this past week. I was in the woods, and my phone was about to die, and I plugged it in, and I charged my phone. But we have to be connected to the source. Jesus is our source. Can't no relationship do it. Relationships are great. We need them. Can't no self-help book do it. And I believe there's great resources. Can't a, sing a single person can't do it. Jesus is our source. And so I want us to, to stand to our feet this morning as we wrap this up. And I want to take just a moment and I want to pray for those who want to clear the clutter from your life. Just like I came home that one day and my house was in disarray. Stuff was everywhere. Maybe that's where you feel you're at right now in your heart, in your soul. And so if you're here today and you just you're feeling this message and it's speaking to you and God is stirring on your heart and you're thinking of things right now in your life that you need to get rid of. Maybe it's that toxic relationship. Maybe it's that porn addiction. Maybe it's that dependence on somebody else. Maybe, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's your stress, your anxiety. If you hear this morning and, and this resonates with you, I just wanna ask you to put your hand over your heart because I wanna pray over you and believe that in 2022, you can start filling your basket. You can start filling your heart, your soul with the things of God and get rid of things that don't matter. So God, I thank you for every person right now under the sound of my voice, those that are watching from the other side of a screen. God, would you help us just to clear out the clutter that every day that we would wake up, the first thing we do is practice gratitude and we would, we would thank you for your blessings and we would worship you and we would lift up your name. 
that we would get alone in a solitary place just like Jesus did and spend time with our creator, the one who knows us the best, the one who loves us the most, that we would spend time with you, God, and that you would begin to pluck out the things in our life that are cluttering our souls, that are getting in the way of our hearts and getting in the way of our relationship with you, God, and you would replace those things with your peace. You would replace those things with your joy and your strength and your spirit, and we just thank you, God, that we can begin to clear out the clutter and fill our hearts with the things of God. God, I pray for anyone who may be dealing with loss or, or, or suffering or hurt, pain from last year, God. God, I just declare over them right now that they are healed in the name of Jesus. They are restored in the name of Jesus, that no longer does that pain and that hurt have to have a hold of them. God, we look to you as our source. Your word says when we are weak, he is strong. So God, I pray that you would fill in the gaps. Fill in our weaknesses with your strength, Holy Spirit. Let us know that we can't do it on our own strength. God, we need you. And right now, I wanna pray for anyone who may be in the room and you've never invited Jesus Christ into your heart. Maybe you're new to Skybreak, or maybe you've been here a while and you've, you've heard the message of Jesus and you've heard what he can do and the change that you can have in your life and in your heart. And the problem is a lot of times we feel like we have to work harder or, or do more and then maybe God will accept us. But the truth is, I said earlier, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. If you would just believe in him, you would not perish, but have everlasting life. It's a free gift, the gift of salvation. Romans 10, 9 says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not about what you can or can't do. It's about what Jesus did for you. In fact, Paul went on to say in the New Testament, if we could earn our salvation, then Jesus died for nothing, but we can't earn it. It's called grace. It's a free gift, unmerited, undeserved favor. And the only thing you have to do to receive it is to simply receive it. And so if that's you, I wanna pray a prayer with you here in a moment. But before I do, I just want you on the count of three. I'm gonna ask, I'm not gonna have you come forward or do anything crazy, but I wanna know who I'm praying for. And I believe when you signify something on the outside, something on the inside begins to happen. And so I just wanna count to three. And if you wanna make that decision, I'm just gonna ask you to take a bold step of faith and just slip up your hand so I know who I'm praying for on the count of three. That's you. You wanna start this new year off with fresh life, with a new salvation, a new heart. One, two, three. If that's you this morning, you want to make that decision. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. I see it. Thank you, Jesus. Hands going up all over the room. I see your hand. I see it. Thank you, Jesus. I see it. Thank you, God. I see it. I see it. This is awesome, church. Keep praying. I see them. I see your hands. God bless you. I see it. I see it. This is so good. I see it. Come on, church. Can we celebrate with those making that decision right now? Come on. The Bible says... All of heaven rejoices when one person comes to know God. And so I wanna pray this prayer and I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Maybe this is the first time you've prayed it. Maybe you've prayed it before, but I just wanna encourage you to pray it to support the person on your left and the right who's making that decision. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you into my heart. 
Give me a fresh start. Clean out the clutter. God, I believe that you died for me and that Jesus, you rose again so that I could receive salvation. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for taking my shame, taking my guilt, taking my sin and nailing it to the cross. I put my trust in you. I put my hope in you. I will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Come on, church, one more time. Can we celebrate with those who made that decision? Hands went up all over the room.